I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Let's podcast. Should we get into it? Yep. Oh, outstanding. Right. Um, hands in and pod on three. One, two, three. Pod. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, a podcast that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We just love the game of rugby, and it's the usual trio. Myself, Tim. Hello. Hello, JB. Hello, Tim. Hello, Phil. Hi, Tim. Uh, we're off the back of a, a famous series whitewash for England, uh, 3-0 drubbing. We've already done a podcast with the boys from the Green and Gold podcast, our Aussie counterparts. Download that as well. Uh, and in fact, if you just subscribe to iTunes or Acast or wherever else you can find um, the Egg Chasers podcast, then we will make sure it gets delivered straight to you. You don't even have to go to the trouble of going and finding it um, and leave your iTunes reviews and stuff um, whilst you're at it. Thank you very much. Uh, did you find the Green and Gold podcast your f- most favourite podcast you've ever done? <laughs> just this last one. How do you mean the last? What after doing it, talking to a couple of Aussies who've just seen their team hammered? It does sound like something you would love to do. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like to think I wasn't as smug as maybe you as might imagine, feeling. as I was maybe feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I reigned in the smugness. <laughs> I would have struggled. If that was Wales, I, w- I would have struggled. Yeah. You have this real uh, incredible talent, JB, of being both a horrendous winner and a horrendous loser. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> um, right, so obviously we, we talked at length about England there, so we will we will temper that slightly um, on this podcast. won't talk about it loads. Although I will just say that lots of people have been, um, you know, lots of other people have been using our, our trademark phrase, uh, prize-winning marrow. Um, elsewhere and saying and pointing out it's been an, uh, an incredible season for Maro Itoji because he's gone 26 games 26 starts unbeaten un- unbeaten unbeaten wow. however no no that's not true boys is it not that's not true um, because he was a remainer and he lost the referendum so that brought him back down to earth how, how do you know he's a remainer Cause he, he came he out tweeted, didn't he yeah he, he tweeted the night before um well, my my favourite um, tweets from the Remain thing was, did you see the Lindsay Lohan tweets? I'm just, I couldn't believe I, I was watching on Thursday night. <laughs> I know she has tweeted something. What, what did she tweet? She tweeted a few um, things. She was obviously a, a Remainer, just very sad to see what's happening, can't believe it kind of stuff on yeah. she, she Thursday was a, night. She was a Remainer that, uh, that, 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 you, that crossed over the line into Romaniac. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I tell you what, uh, on Thursday morning, uh, Friday morning, was very sad about the whole thing, despite being a lever. By th- Friday night, I was thinking, no, screw you all. You, you absolute bunch of... Uh, oh, the, just the whinging. The whinging and the Facebook statuses. I, 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 I was to reading Facebook statuses out uh, on the, onto videos and then sending them to the people that actually put them up to show them how stupid they actually were. I, I was a Remain 
uh, and I was horrified by some of the Facebook statuses. Please delete me as a friend. And I'm ashamed. The the sour grapes from the people who are signing the pe- the petition for a revo is pathetic. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, rugby, I guess. That's what we're here. Uh, yeah, well, we I'll tell you what. Uh, well, let, let's take the format of the referendum that's proved so divisive and put it into the rugby world. So Ooh, yeah, Let's do that. So, um, Phil and JB, you two can decide... Uh, one or the other. See if we have consensus or we have a, a split, a split team as well. So, firstly, um, Steve Diamond or Richard Cockrell in a fight. Who do you back? Who do you Steve put your Diamond. money on? I would probably also back Steve Diamond. Steve Diamond, hundred percent. Okay. Steve Diamond is so. He's, and if he's l- losing, his enormous Alsatian will come and maul Cockrell, <laughs> like a Cockrell to death. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like a dire wolf. Uh, you got to remember as well, Steve, Steve Diamond. Who is Steve Diamond? He played for tra- for Trafford Metrovix. Had a reasonably good career. He's, he's not part of the Leicester dynasty. He's got to where he is because he's excellent and he's well odd. <laughs> um, Diamond's a bit older though, isn't he? Is he? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I'm just looking him up. Diamond's 47. Richard Cockrell. Cockrell's is... into his yoga now, isn't he? He's like sort of peace, yeah. maybe he's peace loving. Yeah, we might find. Yeah, and you might be able to wheel kick. Oh, That's the other thing. Two years difference. Cockrell's 45. Uh, Cockrell 5'10", 17 stone. Diamond 5'10", 16 stone. Although that's their playing weight, so I'm not quite sure they're the Diamond same. Diamond has got that sort of cuts a figure of a of like a silverback, yeah. kind of, kind of, and the way Diamond. the way he snarls on the on the touchline, it's uh, <laughs> it's quite intimidating. It'd be a good it'd be a good matchup though. Uh, all right then, so uh, future saviour of the world, um, prize winning Maro Itoji, um, if you had to make him next prime minister or next king, which would you, which <laughs> would you want Maro to be? Uh, he's got to be king, hasn't he? Uh, there's no way. No, I don't see Maro knocking on doors and asking for people's permission to do stuff. No, he's a king. He tells people exactly. what they're going to do for him. He's a ruler, not a leader. All right. Exactly. Um, your your favourite or well, your most or least favourite or which pre kick ritual you would choose. Uh, this this <laughs> this suggestion came in from Complete Toffee on Twitter, um, whose work I particularly love on Twitter. Thank you very much, uh, Dan Biggers. Tick to tick, full on bossing over, or Nick Evans. Nick Evans is as uh, complete toffee puts it. <laughs> Nick Evans is tiresome air wank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, air wank was the name of my high school band, so I'm going to go with <laughs> Nick Evans. Oh, I like the big arena. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I like that as well. And when it, when you actually watch it, the, some of the videos, the little vines, when they've put it to music. It's very, very good. It's really, really funny. Uh, that, that actually happened. So I was working at the World Rugby Under-20 Championships and it's particularly funny. We were playing music whilst the referee was doing his warm-up and the re- a referee was on his own on the whole pitch and he was doing little steps and side-to-side jigs and it just looked like he was dancing to the tunes. So I, I really liked it. Anyway, uh, Jay Wood uh, tweeted us to at Rugby Podcast said, best slash worst broken nose, Mike Tindall v Jack Berger. Ooh. Um... I'm going to go... I can't go another way, can I? Because it's a referendum. We've only got two options. Two options. So I'd go with Ernst, Ju- Ernst Juvert. <laughs> uh, worst broken nose. Well, here's the thing. Jack Berger is going to lead a life of farming, hunting, you know, in the wilderness with a knife between his teeth. Whereas Mike Tyndall is going to go to state banquets. So... In terms of worst, it's got to be Mike Tyndall because it's least suited to his future yeah. life of li- of living it up and going fox hunting. But Mike Tyndall's is, is his nose is actually quite 
straight just off to the side. <laughs> so from top to bottom, it's in a straight line. It's just pointing one way, whereas Jack Berger is pointing in about five different directions. Yeah, your, your, that is true. Your thoughts a little bit like Eddie Stevens, who tweeted on this topic at Rugby Podcast and said, uh, Jack wins this one for me because he has a broken face, whereas Mike Tyndall just wears his nose at a fashionable angle. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. Uh, just a couple more. Um, DJ, ha- this should be a quick one. So quick fire ones. DJ, uh, this is Chris Howell, DJ Hask or MC Corbs? MC Corbs, all day long. Oh, DJ Hask for me. What? Okay. Uh, Patrick Logan tweeted and said, uh, Miles Benjamin or Leslie Vinicolo? <laughs> oh, Miles Benjamin. <laughs> Benjamin, Benjamin. Uh, Dan Wright said, worst hair, Castro Giovanni or Alan Wynne-Jones? Oh, they're both Ooh, bad. That's interesting, isn't it? Castro I mean, Giovanni, now he's got the eagle's nest. Yeah. <laughs> It's not great, is it? No, yeah, but great. Alan Wynne Jones's hair isn't dissimilar to who's a who's a Scottish doctor who plays for Newcastle, McLeod. It's got kind of. What did you call him? Transsexual witch. <laughs> <laughs> but a heavily made up. Heavily, he looks like he's he looks like he's wearing so much makeup. Transsexual. <laughs> oh man, doesn't uh, make him a man. Oh yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Oh, amazing! All right then, uh, and maybe a, a, a more more of a t- rugby talking point. And we haven't really mentioned Bristol um, since they're much because they've been the England matches. I'm sure Bristol fans who listen to the podcast would have been like, "Wow, are they talking about Bristol as much?" We'll get much more into that through the off season. But just a quick one: um, this one was suggested. Um, Bristol should they sign if they only could sign one, a world class coach, okay, or a world class fly half coach. That's because you're saying Gavin Henson is a world-class fly-half. No, I'm not, actually. I'm saying Mitch Sheedy is a very good fly-half. I think between Mitch Sheedy and Will Cliff, they've got a really nice pair of halfbacks there. So, actually, getting them into some sort of structure is probably better than getting rid of their young, prodigal fly-half. I I would go for that, probably. Although, Mitch Sheedy is so unproven and so untested at that level that if they could get someone... I'm trying to think what caliber. Like an Andy Goo, just to sit behind him. Yeah, kind of like... but a bit younger and a bit fitter. Someone they're going to get kind of someone who's like early th- early thirties with a lot of experience of say Super Rugby or even Premiership level experience. Someone like a Stephen Myler, say. If they could get someone like Stephen Myler, mm. I would go for that. Well, how about like a Brock James character? Like a Brock James. If Brock James was, was thirty, uh, I don't think they need someone young. I think they need someone there for two, one, one or oh, two years. Well, I'm not, at, say, I'm not saying young. Yeah, I'm saying just look saying. At, look at the teams Andy Goode's been at. Yeah, I'm not Andy saying. I'm not saying before. young. They want someone with a lot of experience, but they don't want someone who's say thirty-six and pretty out of shape. They want someone who can steady the shit for two, three years, like like what Nick, Nick Evans did when he came to Harley mm. Quinns. He was uh, the best fly half in the Premiership for three, four years by a distance. Don't they have a? Um... Don't they have another option at fly half? I'm sure they do. I just can't remember who it is. They probably do. Well, they had Matthew Morgan as a potential option, didn't yeah. they? But no. And Anne Henson as a as another option. What an option! <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, cool. And then, oh, there was. Um, oh yeah, here's one as well. Um, very very quick one. Uh, if you had to pick one in your rugby team, would you pick Boris Johnson or Nigel Farage? Oh, we've we've seen we've seen we've the destructive mul- power of Johnson, <laughs> both against a German politician, wasn't it, or a German footballer in the World Football yeah. Game, and against a Japanese schoolboy. That's true. So it's, it's got to be got to be BJ. It's true. It's true. Um, and the, oh no, there is one more, one more big decision. This one, um, cornerstone razors or Wilkinson sword or Gillette razors. 
Uh, well, there's only one obvious op- one obvious option, and my face isn't this smooth for no reason. <laughs> and it's, it's very it's very smooth oh, it's, face. It's, it's very it's very smooth. As and is what, yours. And what I like Thank about you. the fact there is no sign of kind of uh, rash or cuts or anything, but yet it's beautifully smooth. It is. It is. Yeah. Highly highly engineered precision. Oh no, German engineering. Can we still get cornerstone? Is that yeah. safe? Uh, yeah, Cornerstone have already did a preemptive trade deal. Um, <laughs> oh, thank God. To, to keep the precision German engineered shafts coming. Um, so, yeah, Cornerstone all round, yeah, unanimous. It's already been voted for by yeah. GQ. Oh, and and, it, and it won hands down. It did, you're right. GQ, so magazine, the GQ Awards, it was the number one razor. So, if you want to get, and loads of people have been sending pictures of their shafts. Thank you very much for the, <laughs> the tweets of your shafts to at Rugby Podcast. Uh, loads of people are getting on board and the great thing about this is you hear us going on you hear us going on about this if you haven't tried it well do you know what the great thing is you might just think it's all smoke and mirrors try it yourself for as little as four quid um, You because of the ten pound discount you get from being an Egg Chasers podcast listener four quid you get your own engraved shaft with your initials or whatever you want on it and then you can try it out for as little as four quid and there's no obligation and we think you'll like it and continue as many many people are so cornerstone.co.uk slash Egg Chasers cornerstone.co.uk slash egg chasers or egg 10 at, egg 10 at checkout so right. smooth <laughs> right oh, just before we get into the actual uh, proper rugby chat um, uh, I mentioned please leave your reviews on iTunes I just want to mention this one from someone going by the name Espresso Martini who said a Monday morning wake up pod is more with the egg chasers is more intoxicating than Danny Cipriani's breakfast beverages I <laughs> 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 a morning breath <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we, as I say, uh, download the England um, Australia special podcast to get that one. But um, should we should we start with the Ireland match as well? Because that was another highly entertaining series, um, and f- the opposite of a whitewash. It, it, fine, fine margins. Indeed, uh, and you do have to feel for Ireland a little bit, particularly after the. The heart they showed in the first test, indeed the heart they showed in, in every test, particularly given how many players they've got missing, both before the, the, the tour started and throughout the tour, players getting injured. Um, and South Africa in a little bit of a little bit of disarray overall. A little bit. Um, it was interesting how, uh, I saw one comment on, I think it was on Twitter, saying that before the test, uh, the Lions players... Like um, Whiteley, the number eight, weren't good enough. And, and um, Combrick, the utility back. Before the test started, despite being the form team in Super Rugby, the South form South African team in Super Rugby, they weren't good enough. And then partway through, they were almost heralded as the saviours of the, exactly. the spring box. Exactly, yeah, because they're a relatively new team, these, these Lions lads. Uh, I don't think they've had any respect for the national team whatsoever, unless they've absolutely forced their way in. That's the only way they've ha- they've really had to play above and beyond what what the incumbent has to even to even have a shout. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Ireland could have won it right at the end, but um, in that faff de Klerk, South Africa have got a proper <laughs> player, haven't they? A couple of t- he snaffled a he snaffled He's good, a, isn't he? He snaffled a little try in the first half. Oh no, start of the second half, and then or was it in the first he half? Feels anyway. a bit raw. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean, but I, I mean, for, for what it's worth, I thought he was lying all over the ball after he flew out the line and made that tackle that was the last play of the game. I thought he was all kinds of uh, illegal, but uh, he ran out and nailed his man. And um... he's 
Madigan-esque, right? In that every pass he throws is as hard as it possibly can be <laughs> without any real diligence as to where it may end up. Uh, and also, he runs around like an absolute madman. Uh, I wonder how long he can carry on playing at that tempo with that, um, with, with that, with that energy. He seems like he's got a fairly, um, a fairly quick burn rate in uh, <laughs> of an international player. Maybe uh, another contentious decision that Ireland fans will point to and feel maybe hard done by. In the first test, it was should a red card have been given to CJ Stander? We talked about that one then. Uh, in this one, it was should a red card have been shown to Willie Larue, who got a yellow for. Um, taking the man out in the air early in the game. I can't see this. I can't see how this isn't a red card. According to the laws, this is a red card. According to the letter of the law. Now, do I want it to be a red card? Of course I don't. Um, you know, I want all kinds of nastiness to occur. But um, <laughs> this is a red card. I, this is as clear a red card, according to the laws, as I have seen in quite some time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I. What I would like, because you've said rightly so that consistency is important and people knowing where they stand is important what I would like is for the decision that Glenn Jackson gave to be what other referees align their view with mm-hmm. because, um, because Willie LaRue got, almost got his fingertip to the actual ball itself Yep. had he touched the ball and then the same event happened would we have said well fair play that's just accidents happen I think we probably would have done and, and so I, I actually think I like that a yellow card was given and the reasons for giving it and the and I think there was showing empathy for the game, but I can also completely understand why, having seen what we have seen, like you say, you'd be really, really angry. That there will be what? a case, won't there? There will be a case when two players go up in the air. There's some horrendous collision. The guy who won the ball initially loses it in the air. The other guy ends up with it on his chest, and they're both out cold on the floor. And I think the idea of this this law is, or this law interpretation, is to encourage players like Willie Larue not to compete in the air. But allow that guy to land and then, and then smash, smash them. them. That's yeah. what I think they're trying to promote. Yeah, and just just on this, Willie Larue was in the air and he was competing for the ball. He wasn't as high, but he was competing for the ball, and I think th- that does make a difference. Like with the uh, Skelton in the England Australia game, Skelton on Watson. Yeah. I thought Owens hang- handled that absolutely correctly. If Skelton had been on the floor, it would have been oh, a very it would have been a very different outcome. Ban. Maybe not a lifetime ban, but you could see a yellow card in that scenario. But because he was actually competing the ball and he almost got his hand to it. So I actually think the, the LaRue thing was probably dealt with correctly. Um, but, there, but, there but, are... but that said, Glenn Jackson said the player had no, uh, not even say no rights. He said he was in no position to, to, compete, for, to compete for the ball. Yeah. He, in other words, he was saying that it was reckless. Yeah, and the consequence was the player landed on his neck. Although Dara Ruddy tweeted to at Rugby Podcast and sort of highlighted how ridiculous the TMO and referee conversation was in this one. Oh, is this the top of the back? Oh, uh, yeah. Let me oh, read. Let me read uh, out Dara Ruddy's tweet. He said, "I'm going to do it in that voice." I have a decision. The player has landed on his mid, higher, upper back, just below his <laughs> lower neck area. <laughs> it was- it was it was ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah, I do wonder why they're going to start counting vertebrae. It was like if it goes below this vertebrae, yeah, yeah. it's a yellow. Day six, it's a day six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, there's no way that that, that wasn't a red. Uh, he he landed on his head. I mean, he might not have he might not have landed first on his head, but he definitely landed on, on the his back head. of his head. I mean, there's just no 
So I think what we're saying is, on on the basis of what we've seen previously, this was without question a red card. Um, but th- there's an element where we're, we're almost reaching for different reasons and in different levels. Some almost consensus, whereas in the circumstances we saw in that South Africa game, maybe in future that should be classed as yeah, more yellow than red. Why don't why don't the why don't World Rugby release a series of videos of like technical models? And what I mean by that is this is how we want the situation to develop. So have a player compete, competing in the air and find an example of a player waiting for this guy to come down and smashing him and saying, this is what we prefer. Show a situation where they think it's a fair contest, say this is what we prefer, and then show something like the Willie LaRue where, yes, it's a fair he's, he's off the ground, but yeah. he's not going to be first to the we ball. Will, yeah, we will penalise that because we don't want, even though that, I suppose, was legal, well, got a yellow card, it wasn't legal, it did result in a player being bent double. Falling oh, from a great high yeah. onto his head. Yeah. But the, the point... That's what they want. Tell yeah, us. The, and the point about a lot of this, a lot of these challenges and a lot of the changes are trying to make the game safer. And also, there is a definite incentive. If LaRue had waited, a, taken a yard off it, wait till he hits the deck, then smashes him, not only is it safer, but it's actually a much better outcome for South Africa. Yeah, exactly. Because he smashes a player back who's got no momentum and he doesn't get himself yellow carded. Yeah, yeah. It's, Most... it's, a, it's a coaching change that is being led because of a, a rule change or an interpretation of the law change. Um, and I think it's it's a better way of doing things. Because, yeah, because most players, when they have a ball in their hands and they see a defender, have got all the tools in their armoury to make it fairly safe and hard, and hard for you to tackle. This guy is looking up in the air. His 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 ribs are, are, are exposed. He's only just landed. He's not travelling at any speed. Hammer him. Yeah. Take him downtown. I, I yeah. do think maybe the, the, the effect it would have... And I, I've sort of said before that... Uh, and who am I to disagree with most rugby teams? I'm obviously wrong when I say this, but sometimes when you see an up and under go up and, and the territorial gain, you're making it a lottery that you gain 10 metres. It yeah. seems like, it almost seems pointless as a as a tactic. Oh, I, I love it. When it's further, when it's a bit deeper and you're trying to get it, then I... Oh. I think with those up and unders, right, if it is like 10 metres and you can walk to the position where it's going to land and then That's try pointless. and compete, so that's like a complete... But the... the, the... It's going to an NFL thing, which I know both of you love. The NFL um, forty-yard dash time. So the forty-yard dash is forty yards because that's the height, the distance of a punt, and to be doing it in under four and a half seconds, that is the time. Is that right? Yeah, it's the oh, it's the well, approximate time that fact. you can get under. So this, you want that distance. You want forty yards, roughly 30, 35 meters. Oh. So if you can get that distance and have the correct chase, you get the maximum distance and the players there to smash them. Oh, wow. And that was one of the things that England did exceptionally well in the first test. Yeah. Well done, Phil. Readjust your nerdy glasses now. I like that. <laughs> push, your ne- push your glasses right. back up the ridge of your nose. <laughs> Different point on the yeah. island uh, game. And let, let me throw this one in. I am going to say, um, and I'm not necessarily saying I completely 100% agree with this, I'm just being devil's advocate, Rory Best isn't the man to captain Ireland. And the reason I'm only saying that because of... Because um, he's not the man's captain Ireland? His post-match chat where he seemed okay or pleased or he, he didn't seem to be hurting like I would have, if I was an Irishman, like I would have wanted my captain to have been hurting. Like he was that the, it was oh. the semi-final of the Pro 12 when he was practically in tears after the game, wasn't he? I would almost want him to be like that. And he seems like, I'm really pleased. I'm really, it seemed to me when I watched him, he's like, yeah, it was lots of positives to take out of it. We're really pleased. I was like, I was, I was watching it going, no, you should be hurting. You should be barely able to utter a word. You're that hurt by like that. Mike Brown's interview after the Wales game in the World Cup. Yes. Where he said about three three words in the whole thing because he yeah. was furious. Yeah, I, I do kind of agree with that. 
Um, the other side, they they have performed above expectations in yeah. South Africa with a depleted squad, oh, but oh, they, they are so close to actually winning the the series. So he should be rightly on the side of no, we could have won this, or I we should have won this. Watch a tremendous amount of Pro Twelve. I don't know if I've mentioned this in other podcasts. <laughs> now, I'm only going to do fifteen to twenty minutes now on on um, on the Pro Twelve. <laughs> but like the point being is. When I've seen Cronin play, I've always been impressed. I mean, he came on yesterday and he nearly ran the length of the field. It, it was incredible. <laughs> In previous tests he's scored, I don't see why he's not a better option for Ireland, or at least, but you know, d- or at least admit that you're going to need him for the last thirty. So Best is only going to play sixty minutes. Yeah. he's not the captain. Well, Cronin is used by Ireland and Leinster as an impact sub. Mm. He, he rarely starts for Leinster in the big games. They, they prefer Strauss to him. Um, so I think it is more that uh, that explosiveness and that kind of ability in the last thirty, rather than the solidity for the the preceding uh, fifty sixty minutes. I'll tell you a guy who I think so much so much more highly of now than at the start of these tests is Devin Toner. Yeah, he Same, is completely yeah. agree. Brilliant. I, I mean, the, the the tale of this series maybe is a little bit of um, uh, every, all of us in different ways and in different amounts and at different times of. I had to eat a little bit of humble pie. Me on uh, Haskell, mm-hmm. um, and me on Teo. No, no, that didn't happen. All of yeah, well, no, no, no. The, the Teo one was before when the squad was selected. You, you on Teo. Um, all of us a little bit on Devon Toner. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, definitely on Devon Toner. Definitely. I, like, I, I, I would physically laugh when I saw Devon Toner <laughs> on um, on a team sheet. No longer. <laughs> yeah. But it was probably oh. the same. It was probably a bit the same with Leo Cullen back in the day. You're like, he can't be any good. Look at him. Oh, yeah. oh he's he's all right. He's very good. Oh, he's I, very can good. Can I give you another Irish player who I thought was exceptional? He may have fought, he may have fallen off a little bit um, this, this this week. I thought um, Luke Marshall has had a very very good series. I've been yeah. telling you about the uh, the Ulster centres, the yeah. centre options, and arguably the strongest centre wasn't playing in this tournament. Yeah. Potential. In McCloskey. Oh God, yeah, God. Why he didn't go? Yeah. I mean, you got um, Dialande, who is basically a sledgehammer. Why didn't you run him into into McCloskey? I mean, McCloskey to me is the best centre in Ulster, but he can't even get in the, he can't get ahead of the people that he gets ahead of in his provincial team for his national team. Yeah, yeah. Very odd. Yeah, quite incredible. Uh, so, so lots of I know, I know it's horrible to say, and I'm sort of contradicting what I said about Rory Best, but then I'm not the captain. Um, lots and lots of positives for Ireland. Yes, and even in that test, I mean, they they had considerably more possession and territory, and they they ran more than twice as many meters. They ran more than twice as many times. Yeah, and it showed. Yeah, they made half as many tackles. They missed one fifth of the number of tackles that South Africa missed. Did they? But they couldn't get over the line, mm. unfortunately. Uh, just overall, do you think there's lots of positives to take out for Wales? No. I, I can't think of many positives, really. I mean, we have gone away. We've left what we're good at uh, because it didn't beat the, the Southern Hemisphere teams. And guess what? The new thing that we're not good at also doesn't beat the, beat the Southern Hemisphere <laughs> teams. Yesterday, I only watched the first half. I couldn't bear to watch the second half. I just, I just couldn't. Uh, there's a couple of things. Uh, without George North, we've got no attacking threat. I mean, George North is is so is so dangerous that when he gets the ball, every, uh, everyone everyone is worried. And if you remember that first test, he just put his big hand in Surveyor's chest and ran around him. Well, now we're relying on lads like Hallam Amos, 
who is a great all-round rugby player, but he's just not going to make the outside break. He's not fast enough. He's not strong enough. He can catch. He can pass. He's competent. That's it. In fact, I'm going to go. I'm going to say something horrible now. I think I'd have preferred to see um, Cuthbert play. Wow. I, I, and for this reason alone, Cuthbert is exceptional at one thing, which is running fast into space. Into space, right? Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yes. or into touch, or into touch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, into he does t- that particularly well. But I just think, like, if you need someone who can just do something, Tom James, I don't know if he was injured or why he why he wasn't involved. He's a very a very good runner. He hasn't taken in this opportunity at international. But those two boys, yeah, they're nowhere near as good all-round player as Hallam Amos, but at least they can do something. At least they offer a threat out wide. Uh, I didn't see anything of J- Jamie Roberts. Um, well, oh, 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 oh. And let me just save the... Uh, a sentence of utter disgust. With the scrummaging of uh, Thomas, Thomas Francis. Francis. Oh my, my word! God, I have not seen that since. I, I, oh, like he makes level... up for it with massive work rate. Oh no, <laughs> no, no, he doesn't do that. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get the idea, which is we've only got a, a handful of good front rows. Let's 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 use the, the rubbish guys first and improve later on. And they've kind of did that with Hi- with Hibbard for a while. They, they bring him on late in the game to make an impact. Um, Thomas Francis is so far away from an international player. It's hard to describe. I don't have a vocabulary large enough to describe <laughs> how far away he is from international rugby. It's a farce. It is. I mean, if you want someone who who could end up on the top of a New Zealand scrum and work harder on the park, I could do that. I could literally get battered as as badly as Thomas Francis and be as bad around the field. Most of us could. Now, I can't believe he is a Welsh, a Welsh in, in international. I simply can't. With that, with that particular scrum where he popped up and over the top and ended up lying on top he's, of. He's the... a twenty stone man. <laughs> he's a twenty stone man, right? And uh, he, he must have been pushed up by his second row. I'm sure there's loads of technical technical issues which people will point to why this will happen. But ultimately, it's his fault. It is hundred percent his fault. He got battered. What I thought when I watched it is, you know what it looks like when you accidentally squeeze your toothpaste tube too hard mm. sort of crumples up <laughs> he just went a bit like that it was um but you but imagine trying to do that to a 20 stone tube of toothpaste <laughs> that, that would be harder <laughs> it was incredible to watch uh i mean in previous in the previous games i've been sort of going well there's lots of positives wales have shown that they can attack and they can change the script um they they've been convincingly beaten but we don't and again we're not going to know until the end of the year, maybe even this time next year, how good the All Blacks are for for uh, to understand relatively where Wales are, and we're not going to understand where this Wales team will be if they continue this evolution of the way they play. Yeah, don't know. It's, it's it's all a bit of a waiting game, much like England. Like England <sighs> haven't. Uh, people are sort of. I think. I think. I want. I want to make sure we don't get ahead of ourselves because um, in the autumn we've got we've got we've got to play South Africa, and we haven't beaten South Africa in ten years. Wow. In, in any home or right? away, haven't been in South Africa in ten years. No, I'm sure you have. I don't think you have. Feels like you have. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I can't. I can't. Can't remember. Hmm. I know. I know. We've had a couple of tours where we've ten not years. Won. That seems like an awful long time to me. I know. I, I think I we think lost. That's well, right. we definitely lost twice in in 2007. We had a tour in 2009 where we lost three times, and we played them in at least half a dozen home games. I mean, Wales beat them last time that they came up here on summer tours. Yeah, it does feel like we've beaten them at least once in an autumn in international. I may have I that can't, wrong. Yeah, I can't. I can't we'll recall to, off the top of my head. Look, have to look at that. So we're not going to we're not going to know where this Eddie Jones England team is until we've started again. Probably another Six Nations, 
uh, and the, the certainly the autumn internationals when we when we play these other sides. So what was we'll see. But I'm pleased that Wales are changing. No, why? It's embarrassing. We don't have the well, players to do it. Just just on the South Africa, I've just checked Stuart Lancaster's record. He's played them five times, lost four, drawn one. So, uh, so that's the last four years out of action. So it may well be right, the, the tenure, yeah. Goodness me. Mm. Good old Stuart. Good guy, eh? Really he's, laid those he's, foundations. He's a good guy. He's a good bloke. <laughs> he's a great bloke. Um, and again, I want to see the rugby championship because we don't know how good New Zealand are and, and how much the players they've lost have affected them. We just don't know. But yeah. I can it understand. Would, I can it under- would seem not at all. I, I can understand why you're disheartened. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you this. Um, maybe one of the most dangerous players... I don't know if it's just if it's against Wales or if this is genuine. I suspect it is genuine, but Bowden Barrett with hand with ball oh. in hand is unbelievably oh, so good. good. Is there a faster ten in world rugby? No, I don't know. It's certainly not as a, not not as stacked ten. Have you seen the size of the boy? Yeah, no, there's there's bigger tens. There's definitely bigger tens. Yeah, but he, but he is absolutely ripped. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, in good shape. But it's his it's his straight line speed. Is exceptional. And that handoff, he's got a great handoff. Yeah. Step. I mean, maybe he he must lack something in the kicking department. I would I would guess. Uh, but he's so dangerous. Yeah. <sighs> 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 um, and obviously we touched on England. Uh, I, I'm just just all kinds of happy. Um, for, I, for your one thing we did touch on the other day. Um, not the other day in the our preceding podcast with Green and Gold was the um, man of the series. Now, I I personally would give it to Owen Farrell. Who would who would you two who would you two go for? Same, a... completely the same. Well, and do you think there's say, any other? It? Do you think there's any other candidates? Yes, absolutely. Marrow has been brilliant. Haskell and Robshaw, I think, Haskell have both Robshaw been brilliant. Been outstanding. Um, Hartley as captain. Hartley as captain made the right decisions. Yeah. pretty much every time. Yeah, it's not like the Clive Woodward thing, isn't it? Uh, improve hundred things by one percent type. I, I, that's how I feel England have gone this this time around. I'm going to have to do this live on the podcast. I apologise. Um, carry on chatting because I've I've JB's just been filling me with coffee and tea, and I've got <laughs> I've got to go. You go, Tim. You go. We we can you hold the fort. Go go In, go. Interesting question. Such a such a professional broadcaster. N- naturally, he could have snuck off and just left left us chatting, but now everyone knows that he's gone. gone such the, an the little boys. That, uh, yeah, that he has he has to demonstrate his weak bladder for all of our listeners. Uh, now, my, my point being, right, is that Owen Farrell can only do what he does with good ball. And for that reason, it's got to be, one of the series has to be someone within the pack. Okay. But who who that is? I mean, can you give it to the pack in general? <laughs> the full, all eight plus the six subs. Yeah. If I give you a, a list of names, tell me if it's man of the, man of the series candidate. Billy Vanapola. Uh, no, I thought no. He, I thought he was inconsistent. His his good stuff was brilliant. I thought he missed too many tackles and he dropped too many balls. Interesting. Rob Shaw. Uh, he's got to be in the conversation. Uh, him and him and Haskell were sensational. See, I I think I I think Billy was absolutely. Ca- oh, he's back. Uh, <laughs> I think Billy was absolutely sensational. Um, I, th- I thought I think partic- Rob Shaw was good. I thought Haskell was good. Mario is Mario. George Cruz, as good as he is, and this shows how well they played, probably played a little bit below well, the rest of the pack. Cruz was probably a little bit almost anonymous because of all the hard work he did and because he, he was just solid. He didn't miss any tackles yeah. or didn't miss many tackles. He was just consistent and solid all round. 
Uh, I thought Mac- Mako in the the final test was sensational. Yeah, and totally Mako led, was led all, the yeah, whole thing. prize winning Mako. <laughs> As for Dan Cole, I'm still not 100 percent sold. I uh, I thought that was the best um, I've seen him play in a long time, mm. Dan Cole. Yeah, and I, I'm not a massive Dan Cole fan. I'm not a massive fan. And if he plays like that forever and a day now, he's going to be a very very high level international. Danger you have is you've already got lots of tape of him not playing like that. Yeah. So is it an inconsistency problem? Well, do, or does he having um, Hartley alongside him, who's pretty much as tall and as big as him, to scrummage rather than having someone shorter like um, like Tom Youngs or like um, what's the Harry name Thacker. Thacker Thacker at Leicester? That seems to make a difference. I don't know if that is the thing, but something has made a difference to yeah. both his scrummaging and also his his all round play. Maybe it's Neil Hatley. Who maybe, Who maybe. Knows? Who knows? Um, oh, do you want to know some gossip for London Irish? Uh, new coach, any idea who it might be? I think everyone assumed it would be Glenn Delaney. Uh, well, no, well, yeah, I, I would have liked him last year to have been director of rugby. Okay. Apparently, it's going to be England under-20s coach. Martin Hogg. Hogg. That's, that's so, uh, another one of... Well, yeah. An, another, that's, that would that's, be a great appointment. Do you know anything about Martin yeah. Hogg? T- so, tell us all. So, so, prior to England under-20s, he took the job that Glenn Delaney vacated as director of rugby at Nottingham to take a, to go to London Irish. Right. So Lond- um, Nottingham have been a fantastic place, uh, a fantastic team in the championship. Yep. Um, against you know against teams with much bigger budgets. Yeah. And and much higher caliber players. They've always been very competitive. Glenn Delaney led that, um, and then Martin Hargs done absolutely fantastically at Nottingham to the extent that he got the under twenty job. So, um, and I know, I know from London Irish, they love, they, they're massive fans of forwards being uh, in charge. They don't like backs. They Even they though don't Brendan like... Venter was there and did such a good job for yeah, one. Yeah, and they have, bit, they're Brian Smith before that. They're much, uh, for some reason, I th- I, this is what I understand, they, they much prefer forwards being head honcho. Mm. Interesting. I can see why you'd want that now. Um, yeah, I suppose it's like where a lot, a lot of people in uh in rugby, prefer a forward being the captain than a back. I don't know. I would like to go through the list of directors of rugby and work out what the split is backs to forwards. Because I bet, I bet it's fairly favourable to forwards. Probably. Well, Cockers, uh, Dimes. Dimes, Dean Richards, Dean Richards, yeah. Dean Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike Ford was a rugby league back, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, so you got. Yeah, so Mike Ford on the backs. So that's four so one. Got, Connor got, O'Shea was, and now who have. Quinn's got well. Let's take Conor oh, O'Shea from last season. They've got their forwards coach. So yeah, take Conor O'Shea from last season. So he was two, a fullback, wasn't he? Two backs. Uh, Malinder. Malinder back. Um, die die young. Live fast, die young. Yeah. Forward. Oh, forward. was he forward? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Can't believe I answered that. <laughs> uh, what other t- what other teams have we got? Um, uh, London Irish forward. Tom uh, Mark McCall is he a back? Mark McCall is he flanker? I don't I know. No, no idea. I thought it, was he an outside know. back? No idea. Here's, here's how I think... Anyway, Copeland, there's, there's definitely a majority um, forwards. So here's how I think you should do it, right? Your head coach should be a forward. Your director of rugby should be a back. Because you need someone who's a bit more intelligent up top as like the director of rugby, you know, to do contracts and colouring and stuff. That's such a stereotype that forwards aren't intelligent. Well, they know what's expected at uh, from the playing side, shall, shall, shall we say. There's a little bit more grit to them. So having them as a head coach, that's your dream team. Um, Mark McCall, what position was he? I'm going to go flanker, but I don't know. 
Uh, I would have said inside centre. Inside centre is correct. Okay, there you go. Very good. Just only to look at the guys, that's all. That's the only reason I base that on, but there you go. Steve Hansen was also an inside centre. Was he? Steve, let's not get on Steve Hansen again. doesn't look like a, an inside centre so much. Yeah. Steve Hansen never played competitive rugby like at a high level? Uh, no, I don't think he did. Something going on with that guy. <laughs> Eddie Jones and Czech were both they're both Hookers. forwards aren't they yeah um, Hooker and number 8 Gats was Hooker. a forward Hooker Hooker um, so international coaches seem to be overwhelmingly forwards as well yeah well, what Schmidt Schmidt and Venter I don't know Schmidt looks like a back doesn't he he's very quite slim yeah. and Venter played played in the backs like a forward hmm. I think he's a tough guy yeah that's true um Here's one. I, I, just just because we touched on the England Australia, it was great to see him, Matt Tamurin, and, and Leicester fans would be very happy to see him. Uh, he's also a very very satisfying Aussie player to say uh, in an Aussie accent. I've got to say to him, Matt Tamura. Tamura. I've got to disagree with you there, mate. What? It's not as good as Tamani. No, it's not as good as. That's what I was going to say. What what is once and for all the best Aussie name to say in an <laughs> uh, Aussie accent? Tamani. Joe Tamani. Oh, Fardy's glory. God Fardy. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, how would um, uh, how would Jonathan Spratt say forward doing an Australian accent? Oh bloody hell! <laughs> <laughs> oh what? No, I can't do it. I can't do it. Uh, that is, that's a tricky one. Have a think about that one. I will. I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. I'll get back to you on that one. But um, it was pointed out by Rawls on Twitter. He, he, he always laughs the way Clive Woodward. He can't say. For some reason, he doesn't say Matt Tamura. He calls him Matt Pumba. Um, <laughs> is he? Yeah, he kind of does. I, I, th- I like Nick Easter. He, he was, he was, I, he's I quite good. like his inputs. Yeah, he's a smart guy. Good old Minty. Yeah, he is a smart guy. It, it was interesting um, during the World Cup when he was kind of on the periphery of the squad, made it late. Yeah. Um, but every time you saw a huddle, it seemed like he was leading the charge. He was kind of uh, doing, giving more input to the boys than just about anyone else. Well, he's been around the block. I think he's he has. Uh, he's an intelligent guy. He's a thoughtful guy. Um, it, do, it does make sense. I think he's going to have a very important role next year in Quinns. Well, it's interesting because he's been coaching Wimbledon, hasn't he? Wimbledon rugby for the last couple of years. Has he? And he's been working his coaching badges. So it, it will be interesting. Another forward pot- potential um, head coach or director of rugby. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. Mm. Um, just just to fill you in, boys. Um, not only have I been so unprofessional that I've just, I ducked off to go to, for a tinkle a minute ago, um, I've just got a text from uh, the missus. Would, would they would they tolerate this in Virgin Radio or? <laughs> well, mid segue, mid segue. I know this is terrible, isn't it? Well, because I'm covering the the breakfast show on Virgin Radio in the morning, I'm I'm getting a train down today, not tomorrow. Oh, are you? Um, and my train is is an hour earlier than I thought. Oh dear. So, uh oh. Do we need to go quick? Uh, I'm go- well, no, no. I-, I might just have to leave you guys to finish it off. Well, we're 40 I'm more really minutes sorry in. About we've, that. Done, we've done Ireland. We've done Wales. We've done a bit of... Uh, a well, so the, the three things that I want to do now, I yeah. want to very briefly touch on Japan-Scotland, which yep. which should then lead into if we were picking a Lions team tomorrow, who would we pick? All right. And then I'd, I've got a little um, who am I? So if we get those three done, then me and Jake can wrap all up. All right. Well, I, 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 fair enough. And the one thing I, I, I want to add to that is... Um, We've all enjoyed Will Griggs on fire so much during the football. <laughs> that, yeah. that Tom Biggs for Worcester yeah. and Neil Briggs for Sale Sharks. Yeah. That, that we, you have to get those chants going. Neil Briggs on fire. Your defence <laughs> is terrified. Please, come on. Oh, I, thought of, I thought of one, which was um, Dave Ward's on fire. His own line-out's terrified. <laughs> <laughs> 
One of my all-time favourite things was when we went to the bath. Uh, Quinn's game, watching, <laughs> watching, and giving giving uh, Dave Ward a load of crap when he was warming up the line out. The first one, just our group of friends, twelve of us, all went, Ooh, and he missed it. Uh, and then the second one, the whole stand, the whole bad stand, <laughs> and opposed to Charlie Matthews. <laughs> uh, I, I liked. Um, remember Ben Evans, the prop for sale. He was warm. He was warm w- warming up once. And it was in Stockport, and props like to hit the post protector, right? Yeah. So he was warming up, and he's hitting the post protector, and everyone's going, ooh. And he hit the post protector slightly off, and the post protector spun round, which means he just went straight past the, <laughs> straight past the post protector, straight straight onto his ass. Oh, amazing! Um, and also, before you get into that final one, um, just on the because there was a top fourteen final, and uh, you you guys can maybe touch on that later, but the Blazers incredible oh yeah um matt merritt uh tweeted at rugby podcast to say um next season it won't just be the blazers over the top of the rugby shirts it'll be mustard chinos instead of shorts <laughs> should be it's going that way i think uh rod roger federer taught us all yeah. a very important lesson in uh, that's a sports great, sartorial wear that's a great shout and liam townsend said um the halftime oysters <laughs> need to be added <laughs> instead of half-time and oranges. bubbles and some champ- <laughs> oh, yeah. champagne oh um Bit of a history lesson for you. Apparently, Biritz used to have a full Sunday lunch um, uh, involving a brisket before playing on a Sunday when they uh, used to play amateur. That's like Ricky Hatton's uh, fry up before a, a fight, wasn't it? Mm. Was it? Yeah, that was his pre fight ritual. Psychopaths. Yeah. Uh, go on then. Get, let's get on with it. What, what you want to do. So, just briefly touch on Scotland, Japan. Uh, Scotland won narrowly five points. Uh, 21 16. Scotland didn't score a try. It, it was seven kicks, seven kicks to the only try of the game, if you've seen that, was absolutely superb. Amazing try. Eight, 80 metres, touchline to touchline, uh, finished off by the scrum half, the Japanese scrum half. Do we agree that was may, that might be the best try of maybe the last five years? Well, that's a big... It's probably the best try in, in this tournament. There have been some very good oh, ones. Oh, come He's, on. It was from underneath their own sticks. The hands were superb. It was a great try. It is an all-time great try. It was it's a on superb pole. try. I think, as someone on Twitter asked us, I think, uh, imagine if that was in the 1970s and they were in Barbarian's tops. We would never <laughs> stop talking about it. It was pretty That's special. Tr- That's true. It was special. It was special. Um, Scotland would just be happy to get away with two wins, job done. But, it, yeah, it was, wasn't convincing. But then again... Japan are a force on the rise. Yeah, yeah, they've got some good players and more players now getting experience of Super Rugby, uh, not just in Japan, uh, also in some of the New Zealand and Australian teams. Have you have you heard of this boy Hugh Jones? No. Uh, Welsh name, Scotland international, um, but he's playing his rugby in South Africa. So, as a eighteen year old or nineteen year old, went to study in South Africa and got picked up I think whichever the team that, that feeds into the Stormers um, is it Western anyway whichever team yeah. feeds in started playing for that played for a local team got picked up by them and then now started playing for the Stormers and has just been capped by Scotland so quite a, an interesting and mm. unusual route to... a little bit like Matt uh, if, if Matt Simons made it to England yeah. International him being an amateur player going to New Zealand becoming a big deal at the Chiefs and then yeah yeah, back, yeah, so quite an interesting story, and it will yeah. be interesting to see whether he stays and kind of gets more Super Rugby experience, which can never be a bad thing for a, no, a home nations player, or whether he, he comes back. I'm I'm really sorry, my train goes in 45 minutes. 
Is that I, it, Tim? I'm, yeah, I'm going to have to go. Go. I'm really sorry, I, I'm, I, I <laughs> cannot wait to hear what you're going to pick as your Lions team off the back. Like if you were picking a Lions team next week off the back of uh, those matches, and uh, I, I can only apologise. I got the time wrong. I'm really sorry. Oh, no problem at all. Right, mate. Catch enjoy. Yeah. Bye, bye. See you, Tim. Right, well, let's scrap the Who Am I because yeah. I've got no one to play against. <laughs> <laughs> let's fire straight into this Lions team. Oh, actually, let's just say France beat um, Argentina. They nilled Argentina. Yeah, in Argentina. What was it? 27 nil. Yeah, give me some information on the Argentina thing. Um, it was, well, obviously a France team without any of their Racing or Toulon players. Um, I'm not even sure if they had any um, Claremont, <laughs> Claremont players or... Who are the others? Such a joke. Cast players. The whole thing is such a joke. Well, I've got um, Christian Day on Rugby Dungeon. Uh, this uh, actually, I've got him on this Monday, so that will come out next week. And one of the things we're going to talk about is length of season because there is no way it is good for these French players to be playing up until now, and then if you've just finished your, your final, get on a plane and play somewhere else. Yeah. Now France have only got two games though on their tour. Uh, yes, that, that, that's their tour done. But the players who played in the final, their pre-season will presumably start in about two weeks' time. It has to. Yeah. It has to because they Cause, start earlier. Because they, yeah. Oh, my God. It's just brutal. Uh, I don't know what's more brutal, though. That or the fact that they managed to nail Argentina. Bearing in mind that France haven't been particularly good good of late. They're missing all their players and they're playing against a team which are pretty, um, well, they're pretty regular. They all play together. Yeah, virtually all of them play. I mean, Kubeli came in from the Brumbies, um, but not many others, I, I, I think, came in because um, two of their best players, um, Imhoff and Fernandez Lobby, were playing in the final, weren't they? The, the, yeah. Okay. Fine. I get that. But, how but no, no. Long? It's only it's only two players. The rest of them were all there. Yeah. And how long can Fernandez Lobby be one of their best players? Not much longer now. I mean, they've got to move on and they've got to find something but, else in this whole thing. Fernandez Lobby is an unusual player because he's a flanker, but he's not like a brute force. He's not a blunt instrument. He's very much an intelligent, um, handling player. He's an all-round player rather than someone who just relies on his physical attributes. So he can probably keep going for a, a few years, but not indefinitely. Mm. I think he's already. I think he's thirty-two now or thirty-three. He's more than that, I think. So they they need to they need to move on. They need to discover a, a little bit more talent, unless they believe that the crop of players coming through the Haguares who are getting battered every week, both out on the town and and on the field, yeah, uh, are actually gonna, are actually going to do a job. I'm not in, from what I've seen. I'm not entirely sure that they will. Well, it almost feels like the Haguares has been counterproductive because they're playing such a loose style of rugby. If they'd have played the Argentinian international way. Which is still using the backs, but using a very controlled, for, like forward-dominated game. Play the right parts of the, play the territory to get to the right parts of the pitch, and then play rugby. Then that could have developed the, the national side, but they've not been playing like that yeah, at all. Yeah, what happened to the um, what happened to the Argentina that we saw in the World Cup that battered Ireland? Yeah, good that's, question. Th- that's what I'd ask. Good question. Yeah, anyway. um, right. Uh, you, yeah, you mentioned Imhoff. Um, Do you want to touch on the um, on the top fourteen final? Well, I've seen the red card, but I've not really seen anything else. I saw the game. It was magnificent. So I, I'm a bit annoyed about this because it was my final night on holiday. Oh, I said I wanted to watch the game. And we had a vote for everyone who was there. There's 12 of us. And we had two votes, in fact, referendum style. And both of them were scenarios that were voted for, which allowed me to watch the game. And then 
little known to me, my girlfriend, my horrible, selfish, so selfish. manipulating girlfriend. That's the one, yeah. Uh, fiance even went round and independently spoke to everyone and got them to change their votes. So at the end of the day, I didn't even know until uh, 45 minutes before the game was about to start that we were doing something that did not allow me to watch the rugby. What do you do? Uh, Unfortunately, I went along with it and didn't watch the rugby. You're such a coward. You deserve everything you get. (laughs) Ah, So annoyed. Anyway, I've only seen the red card, so I can't comment on the rest of it. All right, so the red card, uh, one of those things, yes, it was a red card, 100%, it shouldn't have been. You know, it, but, as in the laws should not say it's a red card, but it is a red card in the laws. So you know, let's get over that. Okay, that's fine. What happened next was quite incredible. So, Racing won the game. It is magnificent to see Joe Rockenkoffy still playing at that level. I have seen his try. Oh, what? I mean, I don't think it was his try actually. I think it was. Uh, was it not Goosen's try? Is it? It was. It was a chip for him. Yeah, but you know, but the one that he he finished it off, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, just everything about that team is getting quite impressive now. I mean, they've always had the power, and it felt like earlier on in the season they were a team who had some talented backs, and they'd kind of muddled through. Yeah. Um, now they feel really dangerous. Goosen is cla- class at 13. Yeah. Again, I thought that was just a round peg in a square hole. Yeah, yeah. Far from it. Um, well, I, I, always, I thought he was kind of a fly half, and then he's gone across, he's played a lot of 15 and played a bit of 13. It's, it's interesting to see where he will end up eventually because he's not old at, at all, is he? No, I just think he's a gen- genuinely very talented player. I, and also, you know, you look at the options that both these teams have uh, for Southern Hemisphere internationals who don't play in the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, I'm, admittedly, two of them are injured, but um, uh, there was uh, one Smith, I know, or John Smith. What, what, what was it? One Smith. One Smith. One, one Smith. John, John no, Smith. John, yeah, that's a completely different kettle uh, <laughs> fish. Um, now I know he's long retired, but everyone in everyone in Toulon raves about just how good he is as, as a leader, as a as a rugby player, just his natural rugby strength. And then of course you've got the small issue of uh, the number eight. What, uh, and what's his face? He didn't play. Uh, Vermalen. Vermalen, and and then and then Goosen. So they've got all 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 of these players. Um, the game itself, they put uh, him off to nine. Yeah, I saw that, and I he started uh, terribly. Uh, but then he did really well. So I can't imagine he's ever played nine as a in, well professional before. I have no idea what his background is, but the first few passes looked distinctly shaky. After that, they sort of regathered, regathered themselves, um, and yeah, it was just it's just an all round gritty. Impress, um, impressive, impressive performance. On the other hand, you look at Toulon. I think they are missing a shed load of players. They were missing Nonu, uh, Vermalen, Smith, um, Smith, or whatever his name is. Uh, so, it, yeah, it, it, it was impressive. The Toulon team, which was out, was full of big names, but it just it just wasn't enough. Yeah. And there's going to be big changes in Toulon next Toulon ne- next year. Well, people are going, aren't they? Lots of people going. Uh, Mamors will almost certainly go. Uh, they've got a whole new, co- whole new coaching team and back row team coming in. Quade Cooper's going to go, isn't he? I don't know the exact destination of Quade Cooper. I thought he's going back to the Reds, or it's been talked about that he's going back to the Reds. I've not heard any, any, anything for certain. Obviously, the two um, is it Armitai? If you're talking about both of them, yes, yeah, yeah the two Armitai have left, uh, and the coaching team is going to consist of basically the Stade Francais team um, from a couple of years ago, brought across. Yeah, Dominguez. 
their new acquisition, uh, their new talent acquisition guy is also Stefan Sagai. So he's bringing across basically the whole team. Okay. So whereas Lepore doesn't do any coaching until Thursday, they're now going to have a uh, a whole team of actual coaches. So they, they're, they're going to be terrifying. Hmm. Fifteen. Fifteen. British and Irish Lions. Yep. Go on then. Far to, away. To start a test tomorrow. Yep. Loose head prop. Uh, Mako. Yeah, I'd go for that. Hooker. Hartley. Easy, fairly easy. Tight head. Cole. I'd probably go WP Nell. Oh, yeah, okay. He was superb in the Six Nations. I've not seen the proper um, Japan-Scotland game, but I, I like I like WP Nell. Reasonable. Se- second row? <sighs> I'll probably repeat what I've said in the past, which is, if it was a test tomorrow, I would probably start Cruis and Alan Wynne-Jones. With Itoji on the bench. I would go with Itoji and Alan Wynn, but I could easily go for Itoji and Cruz. And also someone like Henderson, Hendo. Yeah. Who, he's, he can play six. Indeed, he, he played six a Why bit on this tour. Why would you tour. not play him six? Who is better than him at six? Um, arguably CJ Stander. Um, good question. Who would... CJ CJ Standard probably is a better six because he's a more destructive runner. I don't know. Hendo Hen- Hen- is very good in the loose, though. He's very good in the loose. He's an absolute warrior. I mean, you look at the semi-final of the Pro 12, he was magnificent. Yeah. He's just a very, very good player. It's, I think you need him in the team for leadership. He's a big game player. I definitely have. In fact, I've talked myself into having him six because I'd take him over Rob Shaw. He's got the same work rate. He's probably more, probably more physical. Let's not even talk about the Welsh six options. Uh, it's not important. Has <laughs> um, uh, Scotland got, got anything of interest? Mm, not really. I mean, for a position which, historically, every team has lots of, it's not that strong, really. Yeah. So so Henderson at six, eight? Um, I would personally go Billy just over Tolupe. Uh, and I'd probably have Tolupe on the bench. I'd 100% go with Palatel. Falatown then bring Billy off the yeah. bench as a battering ram off the bench. And, and I, I, I could happily go for that option. And seven? Um, based on this tour, I'd almost be tempted to go Haskell. Uh, if Sean O'Brien could get some semblance of fitness, no, I'd be tempted. Let's, let's give up on that now. And let's give up on Sean O'Brien as a force in international rugby. I'd, I would be half tempted for Warburton. Um, but Warburton, I don't think he's done himself any favours in this tour. From what I've seen, he's not been particularly impressive. I mean, he played in the Chiefs battering, didn't he? I'm going to go for Warburton out of a misguided sense of loyalty. Okay. I could happily go with... um, With the Hask, DJ Hask. Yeah. So, uh, nine? Probably Webb. Yeah, definitely Webb. Ten? Um, It depends where you're going to play Farrell. I would probably put Farrell at 12 given how well he's played, and then I would put Sexton at 10, still. Even though I've not seen him in the, this... Uh... Having Farrell in your team basically means that you've got no use for Bigger. And having Bigger in your team basically means you've got no, no need for Farrell. Yes, because so they're both to... close to 90% kickers. Yeah. So you've got to think, who is the best 10? Uh, Sexton, for me, is the best 10. Hmm. Still. I disagree with that. Disagree with that strongly. I would probably go with. I don't know actually. I, I'll leave. I'll leave ten. It's not Sexton. It's either Farrell or it's bigger. I would rather have Farrell as a twelve. 
Well, no, because you've got so many others. The reason you put Farrell in at 12 is because England have no real... Inside at centre, in, yeah. You know. But then you've got, McCl- you got all the Irish 12s. You've Henshaw, got, yeah. You've got Roberts. Yeah. You've got Mark Bennett. You've got, you know... Whoever, but Bennett's a 13, really. Yeah, but you've got whoever, whoever you want. So, okay, okay, let's go for Farrell at 10. Or bigger. Let's go Farrell. Let's go bigger. <laughs> okay, Farrell or bigger. Okay. But Farrell. And then Henshaw and... Jonathan Joseph or Jonathan Davis? I think Jonathan Davis is a better all-round player. I think Joseph is a little bit of a one-trick pony, but it's a very good one-trick pony. It's one hell of a trick he's got. And some of his defence in that final test, both the tests, he was getting a lot of boys running down his channel and he never took a backward step. Yeah, I can see Joseph. I wouldn't have any problem with Joseph. Yeah. Uh, I do think uh, Davis is more destructive of of the two overall. Uh, What about Luke Marshall? He's a very good player. Such as I'd like to see. I'd like to see what they make of him once they get him into an atmosphere and environment with all with all the potential players, and then see how good he is. Yeah, because I seriously rate him. And he wears a scrum hat too, so he's, yeah. in the, he's interchangeable with Jonathan Davis. <laughs> Basically, the same player. Basically, and that little deft chip he put in the first test shows he's got more. Yeah, he's more than just a runner. Yeah, yeah, he is more than just a runner. And some of Jonathan Davis's passing as well. Some of his last passing is not what I would describe as stellar. Yes, yeah, that is true. Wings but north, be- north, yeah, obviously. Um, I'd probably go Watson just for his his finishing potential. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They'd be my yeah. North and Watson would be my two. And the fullback. I would go Jared P- Jared Payne. More Liam Williams. Liam, Liam Williams is absolutely superb, actually. Um, I think I'd look at. Liam. I'm going to give you a guy to put in that team, right? And he's not played international rugby this tour. Okay. But I'm confident he's going to be right in the reckoning um, coming up to the Lions tour and Six Nations. Go on. Miles Benjamin. No, um, <laughs> Sean, Sean Maitland. I'm not so sure. So obviously going to Saracens yeah. will be massive for him. Um, and it, it'll be interesting to see because the wings this year, the starting wings have been Wiles and Ashton. Mm-hmm. Ashton, a few more years left in. Wiles is like 32, 33. Yeah. So they're bringing Maitland as a probably I see as a direct replacement for he's Wiles. He's massive. He's talented. Uh, he's fast. He's strong. There is bad attitude. Yeah, well, he's got a bad attitude in a losing team. Yeah. I mean, put him in a winning team. He might be a good egg. Maybe. It must Maybe. be very frustrating. Yeah. It's interesting that because Saracens are all about character and team building. He might he might flourish there. He, yeah. I I hope he does. Because he has got so much talent. But it's interesting that he never made it uh, for New Zealand. Because it was, it was um, him and Guildford were kind of the two. And Guildford... How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Was the one who made it. They were both about the same age. They were both coming through at the same time. And Guilford made the international team despite his obvious shortcomings off the field <laughs> and Maitland didn't how dysfunctional must that Canterbury team have been <laughs> how hard is Dan Carter working just to keep them like indoors after seven Carter McCaw Reed <laughs> just, uh, one of them one of them turns up on an island naked and naked and bloody and and that's the one that made it. <laughs> yeah, that story <laughs> is the most ridiculous. A tiny little island, population of about 2,000, and there's a wedding going on is there. Is that Sean Maitland? No, it, it's the other one. And, it's and, Guildford. Oh, Guildford, sorry. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Got kicked out of uh, Cla- Clare one. Now at the Warriors, I was trying to resurrect his career. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, so Maitland possibly, but on the current form, I would say obviously, obviously not. Uh, Liam Williams, Liam Williams for me, or I'd put him on. Liam Williams is just such an important li- line breaker, and we know he can he can uh, play against the All Blacks. I'll tell you, someone whose stock has fallen in this bout of international matches mm-hmm. as a winger, someone who a lot of people were saying should be starting for England, Christian Wade, because of his performances in South Africa. Yeah, he looked he looked all at sea in South Africa. He might be another example of. PS, PSB syndrome. Too talented to be good. Correct. Yeah. Why would you bother working on the things that you're not good at when you're so good at one, one. thing? <laughs> why, why, why? If you want to play international rugby, you've got to. You cannot be a one-trick pony at international John, rugby. John, John Loma was a one-trick pony. <laughs> he was, and he's the best of all time. Yeah. His one-trick was... It was a little bit better at the time than Christian Wade's. Is. I'm just saying, if you're that talented... If, if, if you live in a world where you can score five tries in one game against fellow professionals, men that are paid to stop you scoring tries, why wouldn't you think yeah. that you can just mosey on up to the England team and do it? Why? Indeed. I did see, um, it was either Instagram or Twitter, from uh, Christian Wade last week, so he's just got back from South Africa, and it was a picture of him with, you know those flat American-style baseball caps, like the, the enormous ones with a flat peak, Mm, yeah, not he's wearing, wearing one of those a big baggy t-shirt, some skinny jeans or whatever he was wearing, and Sounds it was cool, and it was a uh, hashtag Abitha 2016. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's, that's about that's, that's about right. <laughs> well, uh, remember it would be his second Lions tour. It w- <laughs> it would be Christian Wade two times two times Lions tour two times Lions tourists. Yeah, the god there were some odd call ups to that Lions tour. Brad Barrett, Billy Twelve Trees. Did Brad go? Brad definitely went, yeah. Are you sure? I'm sure he did. 12 Trees got called up because he, he was on holiday there. He wasn't on holiday. He didn't well, go yeah, to... Brad Barrett, wasn't he in America? And I don't know. With, but... Or uh, Argentina, and he got um, flown across. 
I'm not sure, but Twelve Trees was on holiday there. A lot of a lot of Tommy players, Tommy Court. Yeah, a lot of players. Shane Williams because he was in Japan oh, and he yeah. was. They weirdly go on holiday, exactly where the Lions is, which I think is <laughs> a strange decision. It's almost rubbing your face in it. I think if you if you're Rob Shaw, you don't go near it because you think, look, I've got no chance. It just makes, it's going to make me feel terrible about myself. I'm I'm an awful human. I, I don't need to do this. Whereas if you're miles below the standard, like Tom Court, why not take a chance and follow the team bus around Australia? Yeah, uh, Brad Barrett did did go. I'm not sure if he was a call-up or what. I've just got the, the players here. Shane Williams, Christian Wade, Tom Court, Billy Twelvetrees, Brad Barrett, all called up. Hmm. Matt Stevens. Yeah, there were some odd ones. Indeed there was. Right. Enough of this podcasting malarkey. Um, this is this was our second podcast. Obviously, you've heard our first podcast, which was with the Green and Gold Boys. Hope you enjoyed that. You can find us uh, on, on Acast. Subscribe to that because apparently it's very important. Leave us a review on iTunes. That's equally, if not more so important, I've, I've heard. And you can follow our podcast at Rugby Podcast, or if you type in um, uh, egg, egg Chasers, you'll find us there. Until next week, when we'll only have one podcast. Uh... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When the Lexus IS went all in on the sports sedan, people noticed, whether it's the iconic IS the unapologetically aggressive ISF Sport or the envy-inducing IS500 F Sport performance. The IS line is all in on stylish interiors, sleek exteriors, and unadulterated exhilaration. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. See you later, Phil. Cheers, JB. Bye-bye.